All right, folks, welcome back to the Build It podcast uh, season finale. It's going to be a cliffhanger. It's not because the best we could do was um, Midwest Premier League Commissioner Andy Hayes. Andrew, welcome aboard. Nick, thanks for that uh, sublime introduction. I appreciate it. No worries. It's It's going to be like the unit or the shield or one of those, but really, really disappointing instead. Maybe be the last like the last episode of the, uh, Call of Duty. No, Line of Duty. Call of Duty is something completely different. This is how professional I am. You see, already getting it. Um, you did your research. This is great. Oh, mate. <laughs> John Hall, chief custodian, uh, owner, proprietor, whatever, florist of DeKalb County United. Hi, John. Wow, they just keep getting better. I yeah. uh, I can't tell you. I really enjoyed this with you, Nick. I, I mean, and we learn a lot. And it's hard to believe the season two already. Mm-hmm. Now, let me also say I'm really excited to free up a little additional time in my week just as the season's approaching. But I'm telling you what, not think of 10 better guests than Andy Hayes to run to. My man. Well, he's someone's I man. I can think of nine. Yeah. Nine, but not 10. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's definitely in my top 17 of guests we've had ever. Oh, definitely. man. Oh. You know how to make a guy blush, Nick. We're true. We do. We do. So, um, John, I don't know whether you're here in your guise as um, DeKalb or Midwest Premier League, but Andy is definitely here in his guise as Midwest Premier League um, commissioner, Eric Montaribe, et cetera, et cetera. For those who didn't know, uh, the Midwest Premier League had their AGM this last Saturday just passed as a time of recording, basically at the start of March. Um, very conveniently located for me, if no one else. I thank you both for that. Ten minutes from my house. Can't, can't think of a better location. I, I suggest we do that every year. Um, but Andy, I wanted to get you on basically to see um, how you feel it went, your thoughts about um, league admin as a whole, not just Midwesty, but just, you know, whether or not you do the whole this shit again. And um, hopes and dreams for the future, both Midwest and Indiana Old Boys, I guess. But let's start with, let's start with a brief recap. Um, your takeaways from the AGM. Um, I, right off the surface there, the, the best thing for me was getting to meet a lot of these folks, including the board members face to face. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked and waxed poetic about it before here, Nick. Um, that was the first opportunity we've had as a league board of directors and membership or management group, whatever the hell you want to call it, to actually sit face to face and see each other. I've never, um, you know, John and I have had the opportunity to kind of sit down, have a beer and talk. Uh, but I think outside of Ante, um, Alonkar, I no one else I've really talked to or sat with or met in person. Um, and then to bring in, I think we had somewhere around 20 2021 clubs out of our 20, 26 in the membership clubs there in person. Uh, we had about 55 people, something like that. That's pretty incredible. I, I sat on a, another league's AGM the week before virtually, uh, and, and which it helped, it helped the way that their delivery method. But uh, for us in person was the only way to go. And it was, um, that was the biggest takeaway is getting all, all the people there energized uh, and talking about soccer was fantastic. It was definitely worth the drive up and back in, to Chicago. Always worth the drive up to Chicago, you know that. Um, what was the thinking about making it um, in person rather than virtual? Active participation it, above above anything else. It, it showed that we it showed that we genuinely listened to uh, the membership from 2021 as we wrapped up the season. It showed that we genuinely cared about making the pro- making the league product better uh, for clubs. And really, it, it really to me it reiterated and refo- reemphasized our goal of making everybody better through communication and collaboration. I mean, you we've talked about it. I've, I've been on this pod to talk about it before. I've heard John preach it. Nick, you, you've talked about it. We've all kind of shot the shit about it. The biggest thing to me was 
we all care. We all, we all run our clubs or all involved at the club level. And we want to see how we can pull those ideas out and make everybody better. Sustainability is the key. We obviously all want that to happen, but the only way we do that is if we all work together and figure out how to, how to be better at it. Your takeaways from the process? Yeah, I echo a lot of the same thoughts. I think part of part of the other thing to add, he said, which is all true. Uh, the other thing is it really gives us an opportunity to gauge a little bit of the commitment. Where do where do the clubs actually prioritize the Midwest Premier in their uh, programming? We steal that term from Minneapolis City, of course. Um, but but I think that was it. You know, I think we had some good conversation. I think uh, there's always an opportunity to improve, but based on what we had in the geography and, you know, we had, we had the uh, clubs coming five, six hours away to, you know, get a hotel and come and, and be part of it. And, and I'll add also that we, by the end of the weekend, uh, we had sort of a AGM survey out once again, to hear from the clubs, what are they, are they not like, what can we do differently? Um, so, you know, I, I, I think the unintended theme to reflect on it was, what do you guys want? And, uh, I think you know, every topic, it was back to them. It wasn't a board. In most cases, we weren't telling them about the rules and, and some of the ops manual items we talked about. I mean, those are kind of, those are decided. Everything can be amended in the future, um, but we want to hear what you guys want and we direction that the clubs want to go in. So that was, uh, that was important. And I think, I think if nothing in person, but virtual, we did a virtual AGM a year ago when we had to. Um, and I, I just, I think we felt it was time. It's been, almost two and a half years since the league sort of really started at the end of night. It's pretty incredible what we've, what we've been able to with the technology at our disposal. So uh, overall, I thought it was good and I always room for improvement. Let's talk about that and the improvement side of things. What would you change for 2023 AGM? Either of you, Andy first. <laughs> Me first. You know, this is something we, we spent some time talking about while it was fresh in our heads on Saturday. But to me, to me, Nick, I think the biggest thing we would change is making sure we're having an opportunity to kind of really work through what works for clubs in terms of, you know, doing memberships or doing sponsors, like diving deeper, I think, into those details, because that we, we, we asked some good high level questions as far as what's your basically what's your reliance upon, um, you know, sponsorships or, or partners, you know, whatever the club partners and, and is that helping shift your data, you know, your basically day to day operations or, and, and oversee, you know, are you, you have one, you lost one big sponsor. Or are you, are you effed? I'm, I'm cleaning myself up for you guys. Uh, Saturday was not the case. You guys were both there. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, to me, getting, getting the clubs to kind of take more ownership or interest in, and some of them did a great job of driving some conversations, but making sure everyone has an opportunity to at least understand this is the forum to ask questions of people who are like you or, or not like you doing it in a market like yours or not. These, these are the ways, this is the way we can kind of help sustain it, help focus on sustainability and making sure your club's here year after year. That was a big, big one for me. Uh, we talked a little bit about a couple of things, but wanted to, we didn't really dive into it. John? Yeah, no, I, I think that's true. I think, I think format wise, one of the things that I, um, or to add on, uh, aside from being due to injury, my fitness was down. Having the chance to really walk around and talk to people without taking half hour breaks or just lengthens the meeting. I think having that optional post meeting social time, whether we, you know, a lot of clubs went to the Chicago fire match. Well, maybe we could, maybe we could all have a two hour house just 
maybe we start at lunchtime and have lunch and then we go somewhere and have dinner afterwards becomes a little bit more loose. And, and I know from, from our perspective, Andy, we, uh, unintentionally very focused trying to meeting moving and like we were focused on running a meeting that I know I didn't get out and network within the room as I had hoped but uh, fortunately with technology I can call any of these club members up and rattle their cage anytime I want if needed to share best practices and such so you know, right. I, I think I think we can definitely tweak and again we have survey clubs and we'll get their feedback and we use their feedback to drive what 2023 looks like. Were there any surprises either during the meeting or in the whatever feedback you've got so far? Anything that you weren't expecting? Hmm. Not, nothing. One, Andy. Yeah, go ahead, John. It may... from, uh, from a survey, from a survey, the challenges, some of the initial feedback is, is three different directions. So um, it's going to be hard to please everyone. I don't intend to make it 100% perfect AGM for everybody, but uh, if we continue to pound the theme, I think that's good. Nothing really jumped out as a surprise. Um, really knew what to expect, I don't think. And, and honestly, we plan an AGM fully remotely, and that's hard to do as well. The agenda, we talked through the talking points a little bit, but I, I think the overall, uh, we just have to kind of use the feedback to mold it the best we can moving forward. But nothing really jumped out as a surprise. Yeah, I guess I'm. I've not seen the seen some of the feedback there. I can imagine what it could be. Um, yeah, yeah, I know it. Uh, I need a bar of soap there every time I start ready to talk. Uh, get ready to talk. I, I thought. I mean, all in all, I thought nothing really surprised me. It, it was good to see some some folks that you know either we have never seen or haven't seen in a long time. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what that feedback is. To John's point, we can't please everybody. There's no sense in trying. Quite honestly. And I'll, I'm, I know I'm a little, little frank and direct sometimes with uh, with clubs, but at the same time, to John's point about trying to make the meeting go, you know, it was the the virtual platform allows you to kind of just kind of steamroll ahead, and folks aren't going to be interact. You can't read the room, so to speak, because whether they have cameras on or not, here you could you could see if something was bothering somebody, and maybe probe or ask a question or defer to somebody who may be an expert in a certain topic, be it sponsorships or be it. You know, developing memberships and we got into a good you know tangent about a couple clubs brought some of those things up um how they did it what they were looking for what what was important to them how to enhance the ask to get to get community engagement stuff like that just never would have happened in a virtual setting so that i mean that was a positive surprise to see some of the the piggybacking off ideas uh, from some clubs who who quite frankly may never play each other uh, based on where they're located right so mm -hmm. that's uh, that's pretty awesome Kind of the ethos of the league, though, isn't it? it? Doesn't matter where you are. You're like, you're just trying to. Like we always say, we want to, we want to get thirty clubs between us and our current nearest rival, whether that's Detroit and Lansing or us and Rockford, right? It doesn't matter. Um, what did you? What were you, what were your hopes coming into it about um, the discourse that people were going to have? Were you expecting um, not raised voices, right? But were you expecting a franker exchange or more resistance to? things or more free thinking or were you pleasantly surprised by i'm answering the question for you but were you pleasantly surprised by like everyone's um affability everyone's affability was a was a surprise a pleasant surprise and it's not not a big one um but i was you know i was i was definitely expecting a little more bitching about certain things especially when we talk about rules um i'm a i'm a again uh, the the comment I made is is about sorry I'm gonna say like I said it's Saturday 
Um, we don't want a bag of dicks, you know, or dick bags or assholes out, out and about representing our clubs and our league. That's just not, you got enough of that on the board. Uh, we don't need enough of the, you know, all the clubs doing it. Right. Um, but I think, so we had some of those conversations and that that's hard for some folks to kind of appreciate where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm very disconnected from, I'm old, haven't played in a while, won't play ever again. But it, some of those things I, I look at more for how do you, how are you truly impacting your community positively by what you're representing? And none of us, uh, none of us on this call here, none, none of the ones in the club uh, I run as well want to be around a bunch of dick bags, quite, quite frankly. So that's um, <laughs> the, uh, the Terre Haute, Indiana version of, of uh, how I think. Um, <laughs> but they say, they say that a good a good interviewer should hold his um his or her silence and let the guests talk, but bollocks for that. Um my <laughs> my biggest takeaway was that there were an awful lot of clubs, some with some storied history and some just starting out, that were focused on the player pathway, which is great, right? Crack on. That's part of why we're here. We're gonna have feeder leagues and hopefully we're gonna feed up. Fantastic. But that seem to be from those same parties. There seemed to be little, if any, interest in growing the sport. They were focused on the player pool, not the supporter pool. And, and that's no, it's a great point. I think it, that's honestly what's great about this league is we have such, you know, kind of differing approaches to how to build a club or team. And you have that club versus team mentality sometimes. And we're in the same footprint. And we compete with each other. And quite honestly, we're relatively competitive, uh, top to bottom of the league. Both both sides of the table last year, both sides conferences for the most part there were some exceptions um as we're as we're gearing, as we're gearing up towards 22 you know we have we have some new clubs coming in that have, have either played or not so be interesting to see how the what the disparity level is in terms of play but i think part of what i, I guess i don't want to lose sight of as a league and as a, a you know a of a diverse membership of our clubs is the focus on the community and the club component the build building a club and building a reason to be a part of a piece of the community you're in, I think is absolutely, I'd say nine out of 10 clubs need that. They need that connection. They need that connectivity. They need that ability to kind of resonate and be relevant year round. They don't have a hundred years of history and that's, and that's, most of us don't, and that's okay. But that's, um, that is interesting to see the divergent kind of viewpoints of player development trophies and club development community. And maybe it's a talking point for a future AGM. Who knows? I'm just throwing it out there. And, and, um, and your point, Nick, your point, and you mentioned it on Saturday, um, more community activity. That's great. And it's a great question. How many clubs would like to talk more about that? Because it, it's it's not all of them, you know, and that's the hard part. You, anytime I'll pick on Ante, my good friend, you know, Ante is concerned with that, stuff, right? He runs his club the way he runs his club. It doesn't pertain to him. There's always going to be some, somebody's not doing sponsor them. Um, and I think we just have to try to canvas the masses to pay 80% of our clubs would benefit this. These are the things we're going to talk about and share and potentially spend league resources on bringing, you know, outside speakers or bringing in uh, continuing education types of opportunities. Um, that's, that's the target. The target's going to just kind of make up change as clubs identify what they are and how they go about this and try to, as you say, crack on. What? John, I'll take, a, I'll take a step further real quick there, though, and that's not necessarily the 80% of the clubs, but maybe the 30 to 50 that are the most in need of support and, and that help to guide along the way that don't have the history of the years of how they've been run to kind of continue to, to, to move forward. So that's, um, no, that's a good point. 
let's look forward then rather than down. Um, we had some new faces at the AGM. We had some new clubs um, joining. We have some new clubs potentially joining. What can you say about those clubs that are already signed on the dotted line and what what they bring to the to the, the league as a whole? I think some of the right off the bat, I think it's it's a new it's a fresh perspective, and and they're bringing what they've either you know for those clubs that have been around and have played in some league or other coming to the Midwest Premier League, I think they bring with it a kind of eyes wide open, fresh set of you know we hear that in construction a lot, fresh set of eyes, um, but they they do bring it to to kind of say hey here's here's what I this is why I'm you know they can kind of look back and say hey why why did I join this league here's why did it meet my expectations and what what else do I want from my league to do for me. Um, but I, they're bringing a different level of expectations and, and experiences. I think that's always always helpful. Um, and I think we've we've added some clubs in some areas that help kind of create some density for some you know more local rivalries or local matches. So I think even we've actually been able to reduce or maintain or you know keep lower uh, travel costs uh, as a league just just through the way the organic process worked of expansion or you know addition. Um, I'm really excited to see what we've we've had some announcements there on the South piece to see what that goes in 23 uh, and you know, this year in 23, 24, see how that goes beyond. Um, we've got some really good people down there and that's, that's exciting to see what they're going to grow the, grow that part of the game. If anything, can the league do to help the growth in those currently underserved areas? Well, let me, let me speak to that, Nick, because um, Andy also this past year has been on the expansion committee and, um, uh, ben Rohde from Livonia as a board member also works. He kind of works on the east. I work on the west. And in the south, we've kind of all talked to uh, to our, our guys on there. Um, all we can do is offer what we are, right? I've, uh, I've had talks with other clubs down there. I've had talks with other clubs in southern Iowa. I've had talks with, with a number of people. Um, we tell them what we are and how we do things, and we let them come to us. I think with having... Um, three clubs go, even a small conference this year. Those three understand that, hey, this is ideal, but it's better than nothing. And we believe West Premier League offers as it relates to other options. The best marketing there is, I believe, in that area is when those three teams play uh, against each other and against other other people, other clubs in other towns. And, uh, and they work to recruit. Like, it's hard to recruit in an area where there's no team. So to get three, you know, even if we doubled it in a year with the right people, again, not poaching, not chasing anybody. Here's what we are. If you want to call here, and want to give you a little backstory of what we're about. Uh, we've, we've spent time doing that and having conversations. Uh, ultimately, uh, the challenge we have with expansion deadlines is you have a deadline and once everybody waits to the deadline and once you announce those team or two later, then everybody goes, oh, if I'd have known they were going, I would have come. And then the deadline's passed and here we go. So. Um, you know, I, I'm excited for those three clubs, and I think they're going to do a good job of truthfully recruiting clubs around them that they think are good people, like-minded, and I think they're mm -hmm. going to be our best advocates for growth in the South. Mm -hmm. Spitballing. I might even edit this out. I don't know. But that's not the first time you've mentioned the issue with the deadline. How realistic, viable is it to have, I don't know, a November the 1st deadline with, with entry fees of X and then a December 31st deadline of entry fees of why basically a discount for early admission that's a for sure that no that, that's well, something as, ahead, as, uh, in, unless i'm off the expansion committee by next week that's absolutely something that we'll discuss we i think we have to have us instead of a hard deadline i think we have to look at having a soft deadline 
it just there's so much fluidity to to the sport at this level that I think that's a great idea to incentivize. I mean, and for anybody listening, app, applications. Although we don't have our documents put together twenty three yet, I mean, we'll talk to anybody that wants to talk about next now. We don't have to wait. The sooner we get people in, the sooner it allows us to plan. Right. Uh, and, and you heard, I think, at the meeting, there's clubs that want the schedule done a month ago. Well, there's venues that haven't returned phone calls yet. Other than yes, we'd love to have you back, but we can't give you any dates yet until the end of the spring. Um, so they're they're like we want to get everything done as early as possible, but at the same time, every we're not ready to do, do things until sort of the last minute level. So it's very uh, we just have to navigate it very fully to try to accommodate whatever. Yeah, thank you for humoring me with my radical idea. Um, if the South Conference just don't keep beating us around. So we've got, uh, forgive me, my mind is addled, but we, I know we've got Columbia. We've got two others, right? Yes. Who are they? Yeah. No, yes doesn't help me in this. This is a conversation, Andy. I need information. <laughs> uh, we have Ajax St. Louis and Santa Fe Wanderers. Okay. Uh, Santa Fe Wanderers, yeah. 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 Uh, All right. West side. So we, we basically yeah. have both, co- you know, east and west boundary of the state and center of the state covered. We are, we're literally everywhere in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Anywhere that matters. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, with that in mind, and also with like the existing geographical areas that we've got, what's what's a a nice radius for you for you guys when you're thinking about expansion? Obviously, if someone came came from Las Vegas, you know, good luck persuading us. But if you can get seventeen teams, then okay, we'll have a chat. But realistically, how far? Not how far from Chicago, but how far do you expect clubs to travel? I, I guess from an expectation point, less than five. Is is the first is right hours. off that's the, the first yeah less than five hours right and I think really target three three to mm-hmm. four max for your long trip of the year um, that to me allows you to, to be somewhat successful in terms of it, it's harder than hell to get the players to to some of them who want to go and sit on the bench for eighty five minutes may get in may not get in and be a part of that um, on a Saturday you know it, it's just it's a different mindset than maybe. And that's that's evolving too. From the to to pick on, we talked about the player pool, player pathway earlier in the conversation. That may be part of it too, where it's it is a different mindset, and you're trying to adapt to how you recruit players, not just you know supporters and ardent fans and whatever. But I think if you keep the travel relatively minimal like that, and we have pockets, but you also want to have a diverse enough club mix to where you're not playing the same three clubs routinely. I know that we talked about the South. No, it's not perfect. But I do think we've got some very good folks down in, down in those three clubs we talked about, very interested in growing the game, being part of it, doing it, I think, the right way, and, and we'll kind of collaborate with anybody. Um, I think, you know, to, to kind of um, elaborate a little bit on what we can do to help them out is continue to be transparent. And this, this league isn't for everybody, um, but we'll talk to anybody to see if there's a good fit. If there's a good fit and, and it makes sense, but let's go. It's, it's awesome. Interesting. I think there's a show on um, YouTube called League of Amateurs. I don't know if you've seen it. Basically, um, yes. where they follow they follow around um, English non-league teams. Yes. Um, I'm just going to keep on talking, even though you've seen it. Because um, just one thing that struck in my mind there was the when they were featuring the second team that they're no longer featured because for reasons um, they were complaining about they had a long away match, it, and I, look, I googled it because I wasn't. I'm not familiar with that part of England. Um, it was an hour and fifteen minutes for them. Yeah, sixty miles. Yeah, that yeah, was they, their they long bitched, away match. Yeah, they they bitched, which it, it puts everything in perspective. 
and and what we're trying to you know keep it hour and fifteen would be like your local right. I mean, that's a dart. That's a well, derby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um. And my our first year old boys, our closest trip was four hours. Mm-hmm. That that sucked. Yeah. As as one of the guys driving the vans, that sucked. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, and it's all about it, it's it's finding those clubs that, that do exist or that are, are interested that can that are hungry and kind of maybe I'll say crazy I'll say crazy enough to want to see this happen in their community, or they've got a team and they just want they want to keep guys playing. They've aged out of the youth program and they're looking for just a way to compete in the summer, stay sharp for going to college, or you know they. They may start working and they hate their nine to five and they just want an outlet um, regardless. And that's the same thing that yeah. the bunch of amateurs thing you were talking about as well. Some of those guys just needed that outlet to get out. And, and you talk about, Hey, we had six guys at training. Like, Holy hell. I can, I, I can relate to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, yeah, the, it's, it is putting in perspective as far as what a true trip, you know, traveling to matches. That's, that's the biggest component. Is there enough of a density or enough of a cluster of clubs that we can effectively help? provide some league support to as it's a long going issue. It's going to, it's always going to be an issue in American answer. soccer. Your That's question right. was very simple, Nick. Uh, and I just, uh, I mean, this is the peril, the, the risk you take when you take you two on a podcast is like, I might, there's I, very I little point to me. The, the, the outer <laughs> geographic boundaries of the maximum that, that I think we're even talking about is, is region two of USASA. It's 13 or 14 states. And, um, and, and, and we haven't publicly shared it cause it's really just John sitting down and, putting lines on a map, but we broke down sort of our region, um, not necessarily into states, of course, but into, I think we had five or six different like regions within our region too. And um, within mm-hmm. each of those, there was it's like- Population density rather than yeah, state lines, right? Right, so Makes there sense. was like four, um, either a couple large cities and a couple medium-sized cities. There was, there was like four metropolis that could support a club for sure. In each one of them, maximum travel was four mm-hmm. hours. Now we don't have clubs in all the towns and all. That's why it was. I actually called it the 2030 plan because I thought it was something to aim at in in 10 years as a guide of okay, if we fill in, then we will this kind of thing. It's something we as a board talked about maybe later, even in the summer. And it wasn't like let's adopt this. It was just to your point, Nick. There's so many ways you could like. What are your outer boundaries? What are your, what's your travel restriction? And you have to kind of lay some of those out. We did and and. It's kind of a tool, a guy. It's not necessarily, this is our goal. This is where we're headed. It is, if we grow, this is how it could and, and be mindful of travel and those kinds of things. Yeah. I guess, and someone's always got to be on the periphery, right? It doesn't matter where, where you, if you draw a boundary, there's some, someone's going to be closer to the boundary than other people. It's just look at the draw. Yeah. Um, and maybe, you know, the, the Mississippi Premier League is a better fit to someone than, yeah. Okay. Um, Speaking of travel, uh, one of the hot topics from the fan side of things was the road pass. Yes. So for people who are uninitiated, uh, the Midwest Premier League did a thing whereby I, as a fan of the of the wow. Jesus, of DeKalb, could wrap <laughs> <laughs> the out of the bag at last. Um, I I could buy a, I could buy a road a road pass uh, for I think it was fifty bucks, but the, the one doesn't really matter, and that gave, guaranteed me entry to any match that DeKalb were playing on the road that season, whether it was in Chicago, whether it was in Rockford, whether it was in Dubuque, Iowa. Um, I understand that it, it take up was varied, shall we say? Yeah. As far as, as far as the success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it, it was. And, and I think you see the, those that are building a, a really be rabid or 
supporter based kind of culture, they got it and they, they did really well with it. And the Cal was one that did really well with it. Um, I, I think there's, there's a lot of excitement around that. Um, there were some questions about that from a, one of our Michigan clubs, uh, leading up to the AGM. Um, and, and so to me, it's, there, there are some logistics and particulars you got to work to on the back inside where, where no one wants to get involved and do it, but it is, it is one of the most unique things we, that I think we've seen at this level of soccer or any level of soccer, maybe sport, uh, not to be all caught up in our shit, but we, and quite honestly, it's, it's a pretty neat little, pretty neat idea. And again, it, it promotes that clubs partnering together to what's for the good of the game. Well, I've heard you guys say butts and seats. I don't almost every podcast that phrase comes up almost every time or anytime we, we share a document between the three of us and just some, you know, random text conversation. It's always going back to getting people there at the match watching and whether it's, they're there for soccer or they're there to be entertained by whatever else is going around them. Uh, as you know, you guys talked with this, the, um, the bananas guy, uh, you know, that, that is part of it. Here's allowing our away to get that away supporter. And, and Nick, you probably can speak to it much more intelligently than John and I can from a true culture perspective. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> but, but going to the away, the away game, the away day is, it's is while you, you bond with your fellow supporters. you, yeah, it, it's an it's a, it's an incredible experience that we're trying to I don't say replicate, but we're trying to create one of our own. Uh, and there are there are folks who've done a hell of a job pushing that out, getting their supporters to come be part of it, tailgate, do whatever. Um, that's that that's awesome to see. I just I hopefully we start seeing. There's a lot to do at this level of soccer, and most po- folks are spread really thin. They don't have a huge army of people to help. Those are some things I hope they really pay attention to and get people on, on board to help. You know, I'll, I'll add to that too. Um, uh, we included it in our lifetime membership. We included the road pass in our lifetime membership. We want our, our, those people that invest heavily into the club to be able to come on the road with us. And, and from a staff perspective, you know, you guys are both involved with, with running a club away days is when you get to go actually watch as a staff. I mean, those are pretty special days. And, and we did, it was, it was 20 yeah. bucks, Nick. I mean, it was very affordable for a, a season of fun, but you can only do those things when the, and the clubs are all willing to accept, Hey, when, when John shows up with his road pass, we're going to let him, you know, and, and by bringing it up at the meeting, everybody, everybody accepted that. Um, and we'll see, you know, it, it was a, a good sort of a fundraiser for the league. And from a financial standpoint, it paid for a good chunk of the AGM quite honestly. So uh, you can allocate money mm-hmm. however you want, but it, it was something very unique. As you said, Andy, so did, what's that? Did the club, did the clubs lose out? Did the clubs lose out financially for for accepting our road passes? Then, like, if we if you and I were going to Dubuque anyway, that's ten bucks that Dubuque that Cliff could have had. But if we've got the road pass, he's not getting any of that. And you're saying that's going straight to the league, or the, the club reco- recompensed, recompensed, compensated? No, we it, all the money degree. went to the. League. I mean, ultimately, the league money is the club's money. I, you're, yep. Yes, that and that was part of the discussion a year ago. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, the. Clubs were afraid. Well, I'm going to miss out on all the trip. Well, if you if you looked at the sales last year, um, I think you add everybody up in the West. They didn't sell as many as our club. So really, it was negligible. I mean, literally, right, Andy? It was like one or two or three per club, and then there was a couple boomers. Yeah. In the on the other side, Lansing and Detroit City, their reserve team. Those were the two highest for the most part, unless it was you know that big group coming. It, it it didn't really impact anybody too bad financially. Again, it's a good faith effort. We're going to do something unique. And hey, if I can get 40 people from their club to show up, 
and have an atmosphere because they have a road pass, great. If they had to show up and pay 10 bucks, they just might not show up at all. So there's there's always some give takes. Right. No, nothing's perfect, right? I would just generally thought it was the first it occurred to me that Cliff wasn't getting a kickback, but I'm more than happy with that, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> screw him. Um, <laughs> if you're listening, Cliff, I don't mean that. You know I don't mean that. I would love to have you back just so we because picking on Rockford just isn't the same. It really isn't. Um, and yeah, if you could get a club, then we can pick on you. That'd be super. John, so given this platform, in fact, no, Andy, given this platform, ask John a question that you haven't asked him, or if you have asked him, but you want to repeat in public. Oh, not about oh, the rap show. That's a. I should have prepared better for that one, Nick. I knew you were going to lob that over to me. I, I, so, I guess you know, on the membership side of things, John, we cause we've talked about memberships ad nauseum. Like we talk about that all the time. What do you think? It's not necessarily universal, but do you think it works? Do you think it works for clubs at this league at this level? to sell a version of a, a quote-unquote membership? Uh, short answer, yes. Long answer, long answer is a, lo- a, a lob back to you, Andy. What sports teams in the world don't sell some type of season ticket package? Whether you call it a membership, you call it a, you know, I buy season tickets right. to Chicago Fire for four teams. I'm a season ticket holder. We call it a membership because we want them to feel like members, like they're part of the club. So we throw, mm-hmm. you know, periodic, things that we can get their input on or if there's a members only event or something we can do to, to elevate them as a supporter. Great. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, it doesn't hurt, right. It gives people again, an opportunity to speak up. We don't call our, our member clubs at the league. We don't call them customers. You know, we, we call them member clubs because I, I don't know. I think it's just a more welcoming like mindset to have with people that, you know, uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's kind of silly. You're, you're part of us, yeah. No, no I, I agree. That's obviously. Um, we, we again talked about that a lot. We've we've seen that work for a variety of clubs. I'm a sucker, and I, I like to I like them all. And I'll tell you, I'll ask you this, Andy. That's... And maybe you don't know the answer, but from a revenue standpoint, I like to get nerdy with numbers. You know, what do I think percentages of membership income makes up a big part of a club's budget at this level? I don't think it is. I think. I think it's very low. Do you think mm-hmm. there's any clubs? I can think of a few that it may be bigger, but most clubs that sell memberships, it's probably very low anyway, right? Right. It, it is, but I think what it does is it is it, if done right, it creates that connection with the club forever. I I you know, I've, I've bought several lifetime memberships, a few, at least a few that, that clubs offer them. For me, I, I want the I want that club to succeed no matter what. No matter if my club does well or not, not just wins and losses. I mean, just being around, being relevant. Me, you know, having opportunity to buy a shirt or a scarf, to fill my house with crap like we talked about earlier, Nick, before we went recording. Just just because I I know at the end of the day, because I've run a club and continue to run a club that Nick, you may or not may not realize we still play. Um, <laughs> I know how much I'm it matters. Size club, though. I'm talking about Midwest Club. Come oh, on board, Andy, then we can club. destroy you. Yeah, a yeah. real club. Got it. No, we're coming up there. Um, <laughs> it, it moves the needle so much more. You sell a scarf, resell membership, and you have, and you, whether you're continually replenishing someone's quote unquote scarf inventory year after year, they're going to wear that around. I, I've worn my DeKalb County scarf out and about traveling to, you know, for work. I just, I go, I work in a place that's cold as hell. Oftentimes, not Indianapolis. Um, I travel a lot, and I need a scarf. And I'm glad I have the, you know, the, the KCU scarf. So it's it's one of those things. I think 
you just you connect by providing the the updates. Lansing Common does a great job. I want to give them a shout out. They they do a phenomenal job of ensuring that hey, you know, if you buy a membership package at a certain level or whatever, you you go to the, you participate in their board meetings. You participate in you know voting on jersey, you know kits or whatever scarves, all that stuff. Um, it just you just want that club to succeed that much more. I may never get to a match at Lansing Common. Um, because I run a club and all this other shit and they're in Michigan. I'm not, but I want them to be, I want them to continue to grow and do whatever. Same, hell, even with Rockford, maybe it's out of sympathy, but I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I, I want, I want all of our clubs in our league to do well, obviously, but the ones you, you resonate with and you, you, they offer that membership piece to me, it's, it's a no brainer to support it. And just, it means so much more than, than buying an MLS Jersey, quite frankly, who gives a shit about that? Mm-hmm. Like let's buy a, you know, thirty-hour scarf for one of these clubs just connects. Devil's advocate, preaching to the choir. But um, take your role as commissioner out of it. You're just a soccer fan, right? Yeah. What is the benefit to Decal or Lansing or Rockford or whoever of you walking around your job site in our scarf? When if it's not in Decal, if you're walking around Tucson, Arizona, in a scarf. Well, hopefully it's the right season to do that in Tucson, yeah, yeah. but. I get what you're saying. No, it's a couple things. I think it's a it's a way. It's a nerdy side of me. It, the it's a way to connect with soccer people who you never will ever cross paths with. I remember in an airport one time, I was wearing a Saint a Saint Pauli T-shirt, and I was I I was in Sacramento or some. I, no reason for anyone to know who the hell I was or what the hell I was doing, but it started a, instantly a ten minute conversation with a stranger. Things like that. Soccer is such a universal sport. And it is so compelling to connect either hatred. I, I had a guy last night, I, as a, a, a guy I've worked with in the past as a supplier, texted me about, uh, he's an AC Milan fan. So obviously Liverpool and Inter Milan are playing. He, you know, in, in Champions League, he texted me about that. Soccer connected us, just something ra- as random as that, right? So having a, DeKalb, having a DKCU scarf in BFE, Arizona, is an opportunity for someone to connect, ask a question, and talk about soccer. And then it's, and then from there, who knows what happens? They may find themselves out in the suburbs of Chicago one day in the summer and, you know, being a fan of this level of soccer to go to the games, whether tickets are free or they cost five bucks, whatever the hell, 10 bucks, it doesn't matter. It's just a absolute great way to be a part of something that's really, I don't know, pretty impressive that people volunteer to do this shit and it, and they put their heart and soul into it. And it's to be able to help somebody by buying a membership or buying a scarf or, or going to a match. That's an incredible feeling. It's awesome. I, I tell you what, Andy, I, I have, have the same thoughts. Every time I leave the house, I legitimately ask myself, should I throw on something with the look? Because I know I'm in town and it's more direct than what you're talking about. But man, am I, wait, am I going to Target or am I going to Walmart or am I going to wherever where somebody might see that logo and go, hey, hey, way to go. I like that club or hey, what's that about? Or, um, you know, Yep. I have a hard time leaving the house without wearing something that's got I'm wearing a no poyo no party shirt right it's now. It's been noticed, Joe. It's been noticed. So it's it's <laughs> but it's like No, it's it's same. I, I do this if Andy, if you owned a tree trimming service, you would wear something with tree trimming service on it everywhere you go. So it's it's really the same kind of thing. Right. Even if you're in Tucson, Arizona, because it's your brand. That's right. I, I almost always have an old boy's hat on when I go to a brewery or coffee shop or anywhere. If I'm out and about, I, I try to, I wear it. Hell, I, I coach a youth club 
all I wear is my old boy shit. That's all I wear. I would wear a hat a lot with that haircut as well. So glad this is audio. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm in no position to throw stones with my haircuts. Like, all right, cool. Um, that was a, that was a nice long segment. I'm going to return the favour though. Um, I can't remember who who asked the question. John, you asked it of Andy, no. didn't you? No, Andy asked it of John. Whoever, yeah, then John asked it of Andy. No, Andy asked no, it of John. A, there you go. No, Whoever I'm asked a, the question, I'm going to ask, I'm gonna ask you. And you and I have talked about this, but I haven't asked you this directly. So, um, t- compare 2021 to 2022. You were the commissioner last year. You are the commissioner this year, whether you like it or not. I'd like to understand. Um, we we we've talked about dick bags. Aside from that and disciplinary, anything rules, whatever, and maybe that was your answer. But what 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 did we experience in twenty one that you hope and think will be better in twenty two? Um, and and kind of like compare the the past to the future a little bit. Gotcha. So what I'm hoping will be better. Uh, what is 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 the dick baggery uh, of some of the of some of the people involved, right? But I mean, quite honestly, we had a couple of issues, and you don't think you're going to have those because we're playing soccer, but they but they, they were relatively minor in number and frequency. Um, what I'm hoping is uh, what, what I'm hoping for something. I guess for 22 is you know our, our returning champion East is, is you know they do a programming shift shift in the club they they made some tough decisions and shifted down to a U19 instead of U23 club uh, I respect that as it, it works well for them and in the league they're they're part of now so I, we're going to crown a new champion in the east um I'm curious to see who challenges our returning champion runner up in the west and I'm 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 really excited to see who who moves up and who moves down on the table um, we've got a really interesting format in the West, I think, where in, in the East, where everyone's playing everybody. Uh, it's not it's not a perfectly balanced schedule like like we're accustomed to if we're Euro snobs uh, with the way the soccer's done over there. But <laughs> but I do think I, that to me, the fact that we get to see, you know, we did a really neat thing in how we inverted the schedule in the West. Not to get too like into the weeds, everyone's going to see how everybody else does match day differently. Over, over in the longer you're in the league, the more you're more experience and exposure you're going to get and get ideas. Again, it goes back to everybody kind of helping out and being collaborative. There are going to be some things that were really, really good. Uh, there are going to be some things that suck. And we're just going to have how do we identify those and, and work together to, to address them? Or, or does a club take them and say, we we don't want to be like that club? It, that may happen. Uh, but the the results in the table, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You, you guys have made a lot of, you know, DeKalb has made a lot of offseason noise. Um, which is exciting, uh, specifically um, just to see, you know, I, I followed the club when we, you know, we played you guys in the very first uh, competition you guys ever had. Uh, so we've, we've kind of been linked from inception. Um, I'm really excited to see what, what, how that translates and where you guys slot in the table. Um, I, I think it's going to be really exciting. I, I'm excited to see, you know, if, if Rockford for year two, what they do, you know, um, that's to me, it's exciting. Edgewater Castle had a, had a pretty solid season in 21. Can they replicate that, or can they can they look to edge out an Audria or or Babs? You know, can can Babs maintain their dominance? At some point, you'd think the, the numbers are against them, but hell, someone's got to beat them. I'm sure you guys are sick of that. Uh, <laughs> and on the east, on the east, it's it's Lansing had such a great year one. West Michigan had a really solid year one. Are, you know, Inter Detroit looks like they're they're busy in the season reloading. You know, Livonia City's made some significant changes. We got a host of other new clubs that just haven't we, we don't know enough about from a 
how they compete against Midwest Premier League clubs, but they fit our our mantra of of growing, you know, club based soccer. It's good. Yeah. I, again, I rambled like a son of a bitch there, John, but you get the point. I'm excited about excited. watching soccer. Nerd. All right, cool. Gentlemen, thank you. Um, conscious of your time, Andy, I know you've got a hard stop ish. Um, any, it's, just anything work, that we, it's just work. I know it's I just, just your paper, as Ante would say. Um, <laughs> anybody got anything they want to say that we haven't touched on just yet before we wrap it all up? I would, I would like to, on the record, thank Andy for his league as an independent. I think it's uh, imperative that we have somebody coming from sort of the outside and observing without a horse in the race to provide that. Uh, fresh perspective because because as member clubs making decisions we can all get lost in what's best for our club which is important but Andy can provide that uh, 10,000 foot view of what's best for the organization I want to thank you for your service Andy and I look forward to uh, hopefully not seeing you in any disciplinary things or anything this year and, and I, I think I think we all will benefit from <laughs> sort of bringing you know you back as the overseer of the legals and scheduling all that I think I think everybody's going to be stronger because you're um, maintaining your role. And, and so thank you on behalf of all of us. I appreciate that. Uh, it's, um, I, my, it's my parting shot there. I, I appreciate the board's willingness to listen to me rant and rave um, was once monthly. And then we got to twice a month there for the past four or five months. Um, and there were some times I was pretty, pretty heated. So um, I'm glad you guys aren't, uh, no one's too soft skinned or, or thin skinned. It works out. I mean, we have, we're passionate about what we're doing everybody's passionate about their club and about the league in general. And that's sometimes that, that carries over some really heated conversation, but it's, um, it's all again, at the end of the day, it's, it is soccer. We're able to kind of recognize that we've, we've had pretty good, uh, pretty good year. Um, 22 is going to be, I think a hell of a lot of fun uh, and definitely look forward to the next AGM in person. That was to me, that's the way to go. It, it is absolutely uh, incredible to do that type of thing where you sit down and talk, John, to your point, have an opportunity to do something socially, afterwards or where we can just kind of let loose a little bit and it's not get through the agenda, get through the agenda, get through the agenda. It's more of a, here's here, those clubs that are doing similar things, but differently can have that, that more poignant conversation about, okay, here's, here's how we approached this, this brewery, for example, or this, whatever, this sponsor. No, it's uh that'll be exciting. Fun to be a part of. I take a hell of a lot back with me. Don't necessarily implement it all, but I take a hell of a lot back with me to old boys. Um, and we uh, we definitely need that as we're looking ahead to 22 and beyond here in Indy. Well, good luck with all of it. I would I'd just like to echo what John said. I think we are. I would dispute that it is imperative that we have an independent overseer, but I think we are very lucky to have one. Um, I think it's a position that a lot of leagues would benefit from having. Um, but you know, people that are willing to put in the legwork and the time and the commitment without any skin in the game are few and far between. So God bless you for all you do, Andrew. Um, long may it continue because we're definitely, same as with John, we're the people that I know that care about soccer in this country um, are doing great things, very quietly sometimes, very slowly because of the nature of politics. But we are better to have you people involved than just to have certain other people on Twitter just shouting about ProRail. So hurrah for all of us. Um, yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. We will speak at some point, I'm sure. John, I hope I don't speak to you for Nick, at least six hours. Nick, That'd be great. Again, Andy, two is yeah. over. Sad day. Yeah. Too. Thank you for all. Let me thank you. Nobody knows you do all the recording, all the schedule. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let me wax on here for a second. So, for those of you that don't know, Nick does all the scheduling <laughs> with our guests. He often does all the research, which isn't much, but he does some. Um, 
He does all the editing. He does all the posting. He does all the sharing. He does everything. He literally says, John, we have a podcast and it's with this person. And then he sends me a dial up link, just like he sends the guests. And I jump on and I ramble, but Nick does everything behind the scenes. So thank you for making build it possible. We hope we've inspired two or three people, maybe more, but we thank you all. And thank you, Nick, for the pod. Not to spoil it, but at the start of this, you said you're looking forward to a break from all the work that goes into making this podcast. So screw you when you're one hour of sitting on the sofa. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. The, the game is about to start. If you all want to go and catch it on whatever service you watch it on. Um, I'm not risking in the game, but I hope Liverpool lose just because it's funny. Love you all. Thank you. Good luck with soccer. Support local, and we'll see you all next season. Thank you. Now the time has come for leaving. Fear, now we shall return. So that we could make it, but so sad we gotta run. Well, it might be a long time till we raise another glass. You can rest assured that next time we'll have ourselves a laugh.